Hello there. General McMillan, I was expecting a podcaster of your abilities to be a little older. Anders, you're shorter than I expected. No need to be so uncivilized. I'm Anders, that's Colleen. Join us along with our co-hosts Daniel and Flo for yet another Star Wars podcast because the internet can never have enough nerds talking about Star Wars. This season, we're headed, hopefully briefly, back again to the edges of Tatooine's Dune Sea to explore the new series Obi-Wan Kenobi. We'll search our feelings for what we know is true, that changing your first name from Obi-Wan to Ben is the most effective cover story in the history of the galaxy. Yet another Star Wars podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts and is proudly part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. listeners of the well-rounded table to bohemian geek studies where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms i'm lady colleen mcmillan on the hunt for a wedding invitation you guys got one yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes i do because i am the viscount anders drew and i am a gentleman do y'all hear me a gentleman damn it gentleman. <laughs> i'm just watching all the dudes participating in the promenade wet t-shirt contest flow seagull just <laughs> enjoying the party here <laughs> it was edwina edwina is looking disrespectfully <laughs> i mean who wasn't though who wasn't <laughs> very very fair oh my gosh while we vary in terms of our ranks here on bgs one thing will always remain constant there's always more to learn from the ton Yes, indeed. And so this season on Bohemian Geek Studies, we are taking a detailed dorky dive into that saucy Netflix series, Bridgerton. This week, we're into season two, episodes five and six, entitled An Unthinkable Fate and The Choice. Both of these episodes were directed by Tom Verica and written by Chris Van Dusen. Now, consider this your spoiler warning. All of season one, season two, the books, some Jane Austen, uh, some Doctor Who news, it's all fair game for spoilers so and again some almost adult content i mean they <laughs> almost, almost touched we're getting hands. we're getting closer and closer and closer to some adult content well benedict got some anyway yeah he yeah. sure did benedict did <laughs> the only one <laughs> only uh, one who's getting any <laughs> break out the punch and lemonade and let's go to the wedding of the season maybe if it's still happening at least there's fireworks that are gonna be huge bigger than you've ever seen they were beautiful <laughs> in the daytime yeah I, that was weird i don't i don't know what that was all right but let's go back so here we go we are starting with our first episode which is an unthinkable fate and we open with kate who is visibly rattled after her last encounter with anthony anthony i i always like what i was I, actually gonna ask like how, what is it supposed to be it's anthony Anthony. Anthony. At least that's how they say that's it. That's how they say it. Yeah. But it's so, spelled Anthony. Yeah. 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 So we get like a, a little flashback sequence. It's all very hot. And then <laughs> he walks past. She's super, super startled. It's so good. Oh my God. It's so, so good. Um, okay. So they're there to meet with the queen. She is being informed of the engagement and she is offering to plan and host the wedding, which is very generous. Like, mm-hmm. That was very nice. She didn't offer to do that for Daphne. And she sure did not. And Daphne was the diamond. Mm -hmm. So what the hell? 
But anyways, in this season, she thinks that the most eligible bachelor and her diamond deserve the best after all. And we'll just see what Lady Whistledown thinks of that. It's really all just a ruse so that she can keep the tight reins on stuff and kind of fish out who Lady Whistledown is. So it's good, good thinking, Charlotte. Good thinking. Eloise and Penelope are discussing the highs and lows of Prudence's engagement. And Lady Featherington is sparring with Jack over the bills and whether or not to go through with his wedding to Prudence. Mm. She says he has to. He's like, oh God, this is the fucking worst. <laughs> and Lady Featherington is just like, no, nah, we can't have it called off because think of Prudence's reputation. So she's like, I'll handle it. Don't even worry about it. What reputation? Let's be real yeah, here. For real. For yeah. real. Yeah. I mean, she maybe has a reputation as a horrendous singer. Maybe that's it. And then we get a very small scene of Benedict arriving at his art school and he's just like thrilled. He's high on life and he gets to go draw and that's all he's ever wanted. So go Benedict. Amazing. Yep. He's oh, living Benedict. his best life. Love that journey for him. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, meanwhile, the wedding plans are in full, full swing. Anthony is trying to get his sleeves tailored just right, despite the fact that he has like a month to figure it out. His siblings are kind of wondering how things are going to change. Edwina is going to move in, but is Kate going to move in with them? Like what's going to happen to Mary? I, I, I don't know. Eloise would love for Kate to move in because they seem to have a really good rapport together. Um, but she can't really think too hard about that right now because she's got to come up with, a, with an excuse to slip away and see Theo at a lecture. Yeah, not on flower arrangements or whatever she no, says. Oh my God, yeah, the flower. Come on. No one is going to believe yeah. that she's going to a flower <laughs> arrangement that. seminar. Yeah. I love how Benedict I mean, Violet... like, since when are you into that? And she's like, I like many things. <laughs> I contain multitudes. Yeah. Also, Violet is so desperate for her to be into that stuff. She'll probably just buy it. So Meanwhile, cut over to the modiste. Edwina is being fitted for her dress and she's just laying all of this praise on Kate for helping make all of this possible. <laughs> like, this is all because of you. Da -da 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 -da. This is amazing. He obviously fell in love with you, so which is why he proposed to me. And Kate it was is so just like, cringe. It's yes. so... Because <laughs> Kate's also just like not that enthusiastic about taking the credit. She's like, no, 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 you, you did this. Yeah. This was all, this was you. You charmed him. You fell in love. Uh, Prudence is getting fitted for a dress as well, but she's really angry that, you know, Edwina's wedding is taking all the attention away from hers because mm -hmm. everyone was 100% just really going to be focused on Prudence's wedding. Yeah. Absolutely. Totally. Marrying her cousin. Yeah. Um, Stay away from the silks. You're getting yeah. cotton. <laughs> But while she's distracted, Penelope and Madame Delacroix discuss business. Uh, people are really hungry for more gossip. Penelope wants to put it out there. And Madame Delacroix was like, you know what? Maybe you could also report that I've been entrusted with these important wedding fittings. Mm -hmm. Penelope's not exactly keen on it. She's like, you know, we have to be careful. I've already helped you. And she's like, well, yeah, but sky's the limit, honey. <laughs> if we're going to do this, let's do this. Yep. I mean, I'm here for it. I'm also just like wondering how many more modistes are there? Well, like, they managed to drive that one out of town. To this one. Yep, she's probably the most fashionable, the most expensive. They think she's French. <laughs> I mean, you know we're expensive. Yes, très chic. 
is what she is. Absolutely. <laughs> Next, we have poor Kate. Seriously, she walks in on Anthony and Mr. Brooks. Wow, this guy, this fucking guy. Seriously, he is the <laughs> jeweler. He's there to help fit Edwina's ring, the Bridgerton ring, which is not very pretty, but that's just how it is. They make awkward conversation about cake and if he can have some cake and sandwiches and also tea until Kate admits she doesn't think it's right for the wedding to move forward, given what happened between her and Antony. Yeah, for real. Antony pointedly reminds her that nothing actually happened. Yeah, we know, dude. We were there. <sighs> yeah, Even where was the titty sucking? Yeah, there was nothing. We got nothing, nothing except another gaze and another like their mouths were this close together and still they didn't kiss somehow. I, I don't even know. Also saying, you know, if anyone other than Daphne had walked in, they'd be engaged right now. Like for real, they would be. Mr. Brooks chimes in that he can use Kate's ring to <laughs> figure to fit the <laughs> ring for some reason because she and her sister share gloves. Like, sure, if their gloves are tailor made and they're really that close, but no, <laughs> I think he's just lazy and wants to get on with it. Yeah, but he cross, could have more cake. Right. That's what I was like. He could have more cake. He could have more sandwiches. Like, what's going on here? During the process. Oh, no, of course, though. Kate, it does fit her. She can't get it off, though. <laughs> okay, but this was weird, right? Because so he's there for a ring fitting, right? Mm -hmm. But they're not there. But the ring fits. It fits Kate, that's for sure. <laughs> Well, it, it almost fits Kate. But if, it, but if they've Kate. got the same size fingers, then shouldn't it fit Edwina? Yes, it should, yeah. in theory. Yeah. Wait, so of course. Was, was he getting it, like, did it not fit her at first and then he got it fixed and this was the fixed one? No, like, I think it was. Like, just to see if he had to resize the band, I guess. Yeah. I was to actually, so To actually lost. check for the resizing. Because like, I think she was wearing a glove too at first when he put it on her hand. Sure. As yeah. proper, imagine showing somebody your <gasps> bare fingers. Take off your glove. What? No, my God. Okay. This was of just course, like, so weird because it's like, very strange. It's very, very weird. Yeah. I, I didn't just figured think like it, it was too weird. big or whatever. Mm -hmm. I, I don't. I, did, I mean, I know plenty of people who, when they get engaged, like, oh, let's all like go out for drinks and celebrate, or if they're wearing the ring, it, even if it is far too big or like it barely. Like Sorry, but who yeah. out here is not planning well enough to actually know this person's ring size? Anthony. <laughs> well, Anthony didn't. I mean, this is a. Everybody, my ring size is a five and a half. Please write that down. My. Five and a half. Thank Tiny you. Tiny fingers. Tiny little. I know. Fingers. I do have very small fingers. I, I mean, like up it. until he proposed, this ring was on his mother. <laughs> yes. Was she still wearing? Oh, she was still wearing it, huh? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's she fair. Had she, she had a lot of kids. Country house. Probably like bloated up her fingers. Oh, mm -hmm. poor woman. This poor woman. She's lived been through All a right. lot. I just wanted to make sure I was, this scene was a little bit confusing to me. I think it could have been a little bit clearer. Mm -hmm. Of course, you know, she's got the ring on and she's like doing the full like, oh my God, look how beautiful it is. And Mary and Edwina come in and are kind of like, stop. Yeah. <laughs> That was weird. Kate, of course, struggles to take off the ring because this is where she should be and the ring should be on her finger. Lady Danbury comes in and is like, oh no. <laughs> she surprises the group with the news that Lord and Lady Sheffield are in town mm, and coming to dinner to celebrate the engagement. This was underhanded as fuck. Yeah. This was some devious fucking shit. Yeah. Not a fan. <sighs> okay. So mm -hmm. they're out on promenade. Kate is not happy. 
She was hoping to hold off the news of her deal with the Sheffields until after the wedding, but now obviously that's not going to happen. Lady Danbury cuts through her bullshit, wonders if Kate wants the engagement called off as nothing except a major scandal could stop it now. She asks Kate if she thinks she's a fool, to which Kate simply is just like, no, I'm, I'm not going to be that fool to ruin this wedding. Then Thomas Dorset comes in. He's Anthony's friend from the races who had been like paid or something to distract Kate. He approaches. He's like, yo, sorry. Like, let's walk. Um, Kate's like kind of into it. And mostly I think she just needs a distraction. Yes. So Edwina's watching. She loves the idea of Kate like finding somebody being like out on a quote date, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Anthony though, like not into it he's watching it like a hawk it's so funny and he makes like all these remarks about how they don't know each other and then like obviously he doesn't know Edwina either so it's hilarious and Kate and Thomas board a like little robo so cute very little rascals it's just like all it made me think of (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh it made me think of there's a couple of scenes that it made me think of there was one in um it's like season two of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel Okay. Maybe it's season three. They're up in the Catskills. Oh, yeah. Um, they're on the doctor. Yeah, the doctor, uh, Zachary Levi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're out on the boat. And Hot doctor. <laughs> then there's a, couple, there's a couple of boat scenes in Downton Abbey at some point. Mm-hmm. Reminded me of Bridget really... Jones because never her and Hugh Grant go in this. What? Never shame. Shame. Shame upon thee. <laughs> I think we've got like very different references because for some reason I thought about like I think there was an episode of Hey Arnold where they like <laughs> they're on like the swamp boats or like the paddle boats yeah, yeah. <laughs> like oh I've never seen Hey Arnold shut <laughs> the fuck up right now too old all right tonight <laughs> tonight you're watching Hey Arnold oh my god it's so good Colleen it's so I'm, good I'm sure it's cute but it's no. Oh I, my god, I mean, it's so funny. I have other things to watch. I'm watching Only Murders uh, in the Building right now. Right, okay, well, yeah, Anders that's important. I will you do should... BGS Hey Arnold. I, I'd oh be god, so down for that. BGS like classic cartoons. cartoons. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so in. Cat dog? Anyway. Sorry, move on. I was never a huge fan of Cat Dog. I liked it fine, but eh. right. wait until the BGS 90s cartoon episode. Yes. So anyway, Penelope's watching this new development and Colin comes up to her. Now Colin's asking about Cousin Jack because he's kind of interested in introducing himself. Colin's starting to think about how he wants to make his mark and maybe he could invest in Jack's minds. Uh, They talk about Eloise, Penelope realizing that she became Eloise's excuse unknowingly and Mm. but recovers quick and covers up for her friend and because Colin is so dense he doesn't realize what's happening yeah and also just really if it's a girl thing he doesn't care (laughs) yeah (laughs) cut to Eloise she arrives at this women's rights lecture and finds Theo they have these two have a nice little banter together they've got a little rapport going Mm -hmm. Uh, and Jack and Will are discussing boxing and Will's new gentleman's club when Lady Featherington interrupts to pull Jack away yet again to argue about the bills and how they need mm-hmm. to actually be paid. You know, yeah. you shouldn't be spending money at the gentleman's club when you can't pay the bills. And he looks back at her and is like, well, you shouldn't be racking up such a huge bill at the Modiste if we can't pay the bills. Mm-hmm. Just not good. Well, out on the boat, uh, 
Kate and Thomas are just kind of enjoying the peace and they actually have a nice little conversation. He's always kind of wanted to go to India. Um, she's talking about how she's excited to go back and what kind of like inner peace that's going to bring her. And it's just a very nice, calm, friendly discussion, something we yeah. haven't seen Kate have a lot of. They vibe. They vibe they totally like they vibe. could be really good friends. Absolutely. Which I'm, I'm here for. Getting back to the dock, both Thomas and Edwina make comments that are basically aimed at getting Kate to try and stay in England, but she's she's determined. She wants to be rid of all of this bullshit, and she just wants to go. Yeah. Anthony makes a total fool of himself, criticizing the knot that Theo has to, to tie the boat to the dock, wow. tries to kind of force his way in. It's like, no, no, I'll just do it. That causing him and Thomas to fall into the lake to everybody's laughter and to Flo's dropped jaw. I mean, yeah. I was, I was going to say, I was not laughing. I was here like slow motion, like yes. ripping the tie off. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. I do have to say, we're going to bring this up a little bit later too, but I think Colin Firth beats Anthony here with the emerging slowly from a lake with a wet shirt situation. I mean, I will look this up right now and I will deliver my judgment, but um, he is, mm. this one's hard to beat. It is pretty good, but the one from Colin Firth is like, it like zooms very slowly and you're like, oh my God. <laughs> so Colleen, you're talking about the whole scene itself. Well, not just, like not just when, comparing the two in a wet t-shirt contest. When he <laughs> emerges out of the lake, it is quite something. And I mean, it listen, is definitely. Not I love Colin Firth as much as the next girl, and he does look great. I'm he looking at it right that. now. Mm -hmm. He does look great, but I, there's just like something about like how tight and see through Anthony's like. Why is it so see through? He's like wearing like a trash bag. Yeah. It's white. That's why. Well, I get it. Very I get thin. it. But it's very like thin. it's very very thin. Like I don't. This man. I hope he didn't pay a lot of money for that shirt because there's like no material. He went to the male modis. We don't know how good they are. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's very fair. Anyways, great moment. So, so good. Fantastic. Very much here for that. Oh, yeah. Oh, dear. This mm, These two girls. The next day, Penn finds out from Eloise's maid what part of town she was hanging around in to go see Theo. Mm -mm. Jack comes down to find Mr. Brooks evaluating a necklace from Lady Featherington. Mr. Brooks, he is just dropping the ball all over the place. You know, Mr. He's Brooks should just become a baker, to be honest. Like all he wants yeah. is cake. So it's true. I don't know it's what like he's doing. The tea? <laughs> that too. He is so, yeah, he's just worried about food. He declares that the necklace is worth a great deal. He would of course need to look closer, but yeah, it's obviously very expensive. He leaves. Jack confronts Lady Featherington as they both know the necklace is fake. <gasps> she states that if it's good enough to fool Mr. Brooks, <laughs> it'll be good enough to fool a bunch of investors solving their money problems, which is fair because if the investors are like, oh, Mr. Brooks already looked at it, it's good to go. It's going to be absolutely perfect. Like it was appraised by Mr. Brooks, who's obviously very good at his job. <laughs> Mm, he's fine again he's probably one of the only ones in town <laughs> yes probably in all of london there's just one <laughs> oh man we're starting to get to there's only one planet in star wars and it is tatooine and the modis is on tatooine all right at school benedict introduces himself to tessa who wastes almost no time in getting him to strip for her to draw fantastic Tessa is a queen oh yeah well tessa played 
my girl can get it anytime when, when she's like rearranging him because he poses really stupidly she's like no <laughs> love it like no we're not no we're not doing that and then we have mary and kate sharing a moment before mary's parents arrive this is very sweet mary hasn't seen them since the night kate's father proposed to her but she's ready to face it all and she isn't ashamed of her choices very cool her dreams are coming true because edwina is marrying her true love eh. <laughs> <laughs> That one's a little more iffy, Mary. We do love you, though. That was just like such a bad, that was just like such a sad way to end such a sweet moment. Mm -hmm. Like we've talked about it. We haven't gotten a lot of time with Mary. So to see her get front and center in the scene and then it ends that way, it's just like, oh. Yeah, both things that she was hoping for are like (laughs) not great. Yeah. And then we get some more mom time because Violet confronts Anthony in his study. Anthony's scribbling away, but Violet's like, bro. I have to speak my mind. Anthony's like, that's all you do. So shut the fuck up. Uh, but basically, no, Violet doesn't think this marriage is a good idea. And she yeah. can tell Anthony does not love Edwina. Anthony pushes back and he's like, you and dad's love was the exception, not the rule. He states he can't dishonor Edwina at this point by calling off the engagement. He's and a gentleman. He's a gentleman, damn it. <laughs> and then Violet fires back that Edwina could... And that the only reason she doesn't want to is that she doesn't know that Antony doesn't actually love her. Mm-hmm. And so she ends this talk by saying that if Antony does go through with this, it would have broken his father's heart, which we don't really know, but we can kind of trust Violet on this because yeah. we don't have any time with Edmund. Mm-hmm. So then we get to the most awkward dinner oh. in history. Oh my God. And uh, we've seen a lot. Like freaking Downton had some awkward dinner parties. This is bad. This, this is like bad. dinner party from the office. Um, okay, so it's dinner. The Sheffields show up. They are all over Edwina, but they're very cold to Mary. They like really don't even acknowledge Kate at all. They make a lot of pointed remarks about the scandal and their history. Lady Danbury and Violet, they're like trying to be like, let's gather ourselves and like, let's talk about the sauce instead. <laughs> uh, but they're not taking the bait. The Sheffields blame Mary for hiding their granddaughter, to which she pushes back. She's like, you've had plenty of time to reach out. Like, this goes both ways. And to know both of their granddaughters, Ma- freaking Mary mm. is so good about Kate. Yeah. yeah. Like, she is. The best stepmom in history, I think. She's so, mm-hmm. so good. So then Lady Sheffield scoffs. She's like, you know, here's the deal that we made with Kate. Gasp. Edwina is super shocked. Mary is super shocked. And Anthony, honestly, this might be the hottest Anthony moment to me. He yeah. is <laughs> so hot how he takes mm-hmm. charge here. And he's just like, enough. Like, do not talk to them like that. Mary is an incredible mom. She's raised two incredible daughters. And like, get the fuck out. You can wait for your carriage outside. No dowry. Doesn't matter to him. And it's just like, no wedding invitation when guys like take charge like that i'm just like take me now um so then they leave (laughs) and lady bridgerton also does it's very awkward Mm -hmm. um i kind of feel bad for lady danbury but she kind of brought this upon herself so like sorry about Mm -hmm. your dinner party yeah Yeah. could have uh could have postponed this like at least a day yeah at least or you know just like not had it like it was kind of unnecessary yeah. Hey, I feel, there's there's not a there's not a ton of ways to get around this this dinner happening. <laughs> I feel like this could have happened after the wedding. It should mm-hmm. have. Would they have come to the wedding then? That's hard to say. Maybe. 
Yeah. If they yeah. got invited and the queen was throwing it, they yeah, probably I, I would have shown Yeah. Them. All right. Well, Kate we and Anthony, them. We, we do hate them. <laughs> we do hate them. Yeah. Uh, Kate and Anthony confront each other. Um, him revealing that without the dowry, it's you know probably best to call off the engagement yeah, so that best. and they can you know his mother, Lady Danbury, Mary, they'll concoct some kind of story to preserve Edwin's reputation. And Kate's just like not having it. She's like, no, there's no way that's the reason you want to call it off because we both know you don't need the dowry, and yeah. you have been set on this marriage since the instant basically you met Edwina. So there's no way that this is the thing that breaks, this is the straw that breaks the camel's back. Anthony finally just breaks. And he's like, this is actually, no, you're right. This is all Kate's fault. He can't deny his feelings. She is quote, the bane of his existence, the objects of all of his desires. You have to say it right. You can't just say it like that. You are the bane of my existence. You're the bane. The object <laughs> of all my desires. It'll never be far enough. Oh Do you God, think there's so a quarter bad. of this earth you could go to? <laughs> I would be free of you. But Great. Like, okay. Oh Very my God. Darcy and Elizabeth moment here. So Very Darcy good. and Elizabeth moment. Oh my God. Um, the best part, hold on. I need to interject here. The best part is when he talks about like, if he does marry her, then like one day his honor will just like break. Like, oh my God. I'm just like, yeah. This is so fucking hot. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Yeah, his father raised him to be a gentleman, but that's holding on by a thread. Oh, sorry, by a thread. And he like gets close. They get so fucking close again. <laughs> like literally, the lips do touch. The, the tips of the lips just. I touch. just leaned against just my desk so hard that it moved. Because, <laughs> like, I'm a hot mess right now. And I gotta say, all right, Anthony has a really high opinion of himself in this yeah. moment. He's oh, yeah. like. Do you know the things I could teach you? The number of ways Wild. a woman could be seduced. Wild shit. <laughs> Which I gotta say, missed opportunity for them to have Kate like fire back. What makes you think I need you to teach me anything? <laughs> Would have so been a great true. line from her. But also like, give me fucking daddy Anthony vibes all day. <laughs> He's all very day. business daddy, very business daddy here. She is mm. ready to melt into him. Oh my god. And like obviously we've seen Anthony fuck before because he fucked yeah. Sienna all first season. Yeah. Um and even the beginning of this season, right? He he was fucking Yeah, he was he was he fucking, was, he was going to the brothels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So A I lot. mean I do think Anthony is probably pretty good. And I'm like, <laughs> God, the things I would do to have him teach me. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, this oh, is, man. this was so good. I mean, I I'll say whatever you want me to say if I can stand that close to Kate. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that is true. also true. Is also true. so true. You know who's probably going to be bad at sex? Colin. <laughs> that is, well, you don't know what happened in Greece. That's fair. He, he could have learned some stuff in Greece. He said and he you know, gave up women. <laughs> and you know, who's probably, you know who's probably picked up a lot of tips from just eavesdropping on everybody about everything? Penelope. <laughs> Also true. Penelope would be, that's true. Penelope's yeah. going to teach Colin. I feel like Colin would be the person who just like cracks a bunch of jokes or like, like puts weird stuff on his dick to like make her laugh or like draws faces on it or something. Am I right? Or like little hats? I'm right. Gregory. Am I wrong? I think that would be Gregory. I mean, but right now Gregory's like 10. So of course he's going to be right. doing that. Older Gregory. Maybe. Benedict yeah, might. He's got paint. Yeah. 
I think Man. Colin is like the sweet, sweet, innocent one until his lady like pushes them down on the bed and he's like, okay. <laughs> you think so? That's true. So you think Colin is the um the sub? Yes. He's or he's the, a service uh... top for sure. <laughs> he's gonna be told what to do. He's Tommen. Oh he's yeah, Tommen Brathian. A little yeah. bit. But I think he's funnier than Tommen. Yes, he does have a wit. He is witty. I, I think he'd be silly in bed. Probably. Or he'd have stories. He definitely would have like oh god is like foreplay story like in bed next to him and he's like this one time in Mykonos I'd be like shut the fuck up and eat okay. me out what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> use your mouth for something other than talking no, see, <laughs> yeah. see Colin would Colin would let slip this is actually so this is something that um a while ago like a bunch of my friends and I were having like a conversation like what would be the most awkward thing to say after you have sex with somebody or like what would be like the worst thing you could possibly say okay and actually we settled on the worst thing to hear from your partner maybe would actually be you know you're lying afterwards they just turn to you and go that was pleasant yeah <laughs> Colin uh, would say that no call no comment <laughs> <laughs> also I just like to know none of this was on our outline no none <laughs> of this is in the <laughs> no this is an ad lib that is like Darcy from Bridget Jones's diary apologizes every time he comes. <laughs> like, oh, like, oh, me, I'm going to come. <laughs> He's pretty polite about it. That's so weird. All right. <laughs> Getting back to Bridgerton in this episode. <laughs> Kate goes off and she finds Edwina. And Edwina is still like really, really pissed at Kate that she didn't tell her about this. Like, you could have told me about it and we, we would have worked it out. But now they have to work on getting Anthony to forgive them because they can still marry and he will, he'll provide for Kate and Mary. Like he'll honor whatever the Sheffields were going to do. Mm-hmm. Kate, of course, really doesn't want this to happen. But Edwina has taken Anthony's defense of their family as proof of his love, not really noting that it wasn't until they insulted Kate <laughs> he stood up and did this. Yeah. <laughs> And then we end the episode with a bunch of kind of like small clips, nice little montage. Eloise goes back to the print shop to talk to Theo. Penelope's kind of keeping an eye on that. Uh, Benedict is getting ready to bone Tessa at the art school. Yeah, they are. (laughs) And Kate's out riding and Anthony's in the tub. Man, that man makes a tub look so good. He really likes that tub. He needs to be like a tub model slash salesperson. It's the arms. Oh my God. Yeah, he has really good arms. And he's Jesus. Mm-hmm. Looks great. This is probably one of my favorite parts of the season. I love this part. Anthony and Kate meet in the woods. He's resolved to stop the wedding, but she won't have it. She won't be the reason her sister doesn't get her happy life. These feelings will pass. It's just passion. And he agrees, which, like, no. That was nuts. Come on. He should not be agreeing. And he rides off basically, like, fine. You don't. You don't want me, I guess. <laughs> and then Kate, of course, starts to cry. And like, no, the chemistry in the scene is just very crackling. And it's like, just like embrace and make out and then go have sex in the trees. Like would have solved very many things. <laughs> I just like, I don't really understand why they're making this so complicated. Like, it's really not that hard. You both like each other. Edwina's known you for like two seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
whatever. And Kate's just standing there out in like it's the morning fog and she's got that riding cloak again. Like and her braid. Who could possibly say no to this? Yeah. I know. She looks so fantastic. Like she does. And he's wearing a top hat. Yeah. Who says no to a guy in a top hat? Especially one that can wear a top hat like that. Oh my Mm -hmm. God. Yeah. He's Mm -hmm. like the sexiest of magicians. (laughs) (laughs) He looks really good. And he can he sits on a horse very well. Yeah. Which is like you know what else he could ride? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He wants to ride Kate. He is not gonna do it yet, though. (laughs) Because he's a gentleman. (laughs) Just like Anderson. I don't know if you've heard. Very gentle. All right, next episode, the wedding episode. The queen is getting ready for the wedding. She wants everything to be bigger, better, everything. She also assigns her butler to plant fake rumors for the young suspects so they can see which one Lady Whistledown reports on. Pretty smart, actually. This is actually a pretty good one. Half yeah. the footmen just wander around saying shit and see. And Penn does hear some talk. So it it is circulating, but we never really know what she's going to report on. Until, of course, the wedding. (laughs) Edwina, Kate, and Mary are having Edwina's Haldi ceremony. I love this. This This is a great scene. Sweet. So good. The ladies are discussing the nature of true love as Edwina seems nervous about Antony's feelings. Good call. And how he moved the wedding up so soon. Also, good call. Mary assures her that she's ready and they will be very happy together. Cut to Antony drinking with his brother. They toast Antony's success over Kate's obstinance throughout the courtship. And Antony's like, mm. yes. <laughs> I'd love rather be with her though. I thought it was so fun to like see the Bridgerton boys together. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish that like Gregory had been there just for some like added. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, was, I was really here for it. It's like, what are you talking about, guys? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like, Can I have some of that? <laughs> right. Oh, okay. <laughs> so at the Featherington house. Prudence gets a new necklace from Jack and it's super, super heavy and gaudy and ostentatious. And fake. (laughs) Yeah, and fake, right? It's worth nothing. So the plan, even though Prudence doesn't know it, is for Jack and Lady Featherington to use this new counterfeit to lure in investors so that they can fill their own coffers and not have to fire all of their staff. Madame de la Croix arrives and speaks to Penelope, who asks about Theo, and the Modiste is like, I have never even, like, heard this name. She is also kind of like, this is getting to be a lot, and I don't want to be involved with this, like, publication going on anymore. Kate very sweetly gives Edwina two bangles from her birth mother, which Mm -hmm. she's been saving for this day. Um, And it's just, like, another little note of just, like, how they're true sisters and it's not a stepsister half sister situation it's just like you're my sister and i'm doing this for you yeah people are arriving at the palace for the wedding Mm -hmm. lady bridgerton is sure there's something that lady danbury who she hasn't seen in a while isn't saying she hasn't seen her since the dinner with the sheffields and violet she's got a pretty good radar for these things meanwhile penelope and eloise discuss theo whom Penelope keeps telling Eloise to stop seeing. Um, yeah. Take maybe, the advice. I know. Yeah. Take the damn advice. <sighs> it is. It is good advice. Like it really is. Daphne arrives. She's like Daphne's late to her brother's wedding. Amazing. Well, she wasn't sure if it was happening. She wasn't sure if it was happening. Okay, I would like to talk about this though. Like she wasn't sure if it was happening. So Daphne shows up late. Later on, Eloise just kind of sneaks off 
from the wedding like yeah, how so many of you guys could get away with this at like your your siblings we wedding showing not, no. up late leaving during it yeah no yeah that's wild shit and it's just like rude yeah. and they're very Bridgertons <laughs> yeah but they're like supposed to be an extremely tight-knit family mm-hmm. so book wise like this would not happen certainly Daphne being like yo what's going on that would certainly happen right and like Eloise maybe sneaking off at like the reception or maybe but like not I, when the drama's still going on yeah not no. and like not when she's expected to be there and like she they do love Antony and like they would want to be there for him this was a strange choice mm-hmm. yeah well she does she ultimately confronts him she echoes a lot of what Violet was talking about last episode you know he needs to put a stop to this and he just says yeah. no it's too late like we're we're here it's the day this yes. is happening, can't turn back now. Uh, just like Violet, she invokes their father and how much Anthony changed after he died, which most of them probably did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he like snaps, like, of course I did. He had he had to. He had to suddenly take care of everyone in the family and everyone's expectations are on him mm-hmm. and he has to do it alone. He doesn't have the luxury of doing things like following his heart. He has to do what's best for the family. Which best for the Bridgerton name? I know, but can we talk about this because I feel like pile of bullshit. (laughs) It is, and I feel like in season one we really saw like how much pressure was on Daphne to do what was best for her family. Like she never was really doing what was best for her. It was best for her family, and so Antony being like, "Well, you were raised to leave this family, right?" And I was like basically raised to lead this family. Rude. And it's like, okay, but like everybody has a duty to this family. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. your duty isn't better or worse than mine. Like I Daphne had to like take care of herself and like advance her own situation in life, which she did by marrying the Duke. Like Anthony can kind of do whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Anthony will survive. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and whoever he marries will be Viscountess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he's marrying Edwina, who, yeah, she's the diamond, but like she's not really anything special. Like she doesn't come with titles or names or anything. Like right. he could have picked anybody. She doesn't have, I mean, she's obviously connected to Lady Danbury, but she doesn't have a ton of like strong connections to the no. other ladies and the other families. Right. Right. He's basically marrying like just above a commoner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How terrible. Who would ever do such a thing? He could have married Sienna. At least he liked her a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Daphne just sees that this is eating at him. Like, this is not healthy. And ultimately, she's like, you've done all this for the family, but all it's done is make us pity you. We don't respect you for doing this. Harsh, but fair. Harsh, but fair. Again, the type of stuff only a sister can tell you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mary is just all smiles. She's admiring her daughters. Edwina decides she gives Kate the bracelets back saying like, I love that you gave these to me, but they were meant for you mm-hmm. and they should be with you. Yeah, um, they're your moms. Yep. At the wedding, up in the altar, Anthony and Kate just can't mm-hmm. stop like glancing at each other like they in front of everybody. I fucking Everyone. while the priest is reading the vows for him to recite to the Archbishop Edwina. of Canterbury. Very important. Man. Okay, here's what this made me think of. One of my favorite movies is Bring It On. 
and they were totally <laughs> having tear sex. Yeah, they were. Like a million percent they were having tear sex. Mm-hmm. So good. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Whew. I mean, goes. he imagines himself standing there with Kate and yeah. in the bridal gown and just doesn't hear the archbishop. Edwina's like starting to take notice. She's like snapping to get his attention back. And she's really noticing what he's looking at when Kate, who's just like standing there fidgeting, one of the bangles falls off. And Anthony moves so fast to pick it up. He almost like catches it before it hits yeah. the ground. <laughs> he is Very instantly observant. down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when he gets, there. yeah. And when he gets oh, back up. Propose. With the bank. <laughs> um, I wasn't going with propose. Just stay down there. <laughs> I, I gave that to you, Flo. <laughs> later, later. He'll do that later. That's right. Maybe not in front of the archbishop. Yeah. No, he's. I mean, they're Anglican. They priests can do that. It's fine. Oh, that's that's true. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when he stands back up, Edwina is like her eyes are finally open. Yeah. She sees what's going on right in front of her face, and she just runs out. Right as the queen's fireworks go off. Amazing. Cheers. What an exit. What an exit. <laughs> the poor queen's like, what's happening? What is going on? Oh my gosh. And like, poor this guy, in the script? Uh, yeah, definitely not. <laughs> so mm, Edwina is not here for being calm. Not at all. She demands the truth from Kate, who tries to deny it. And Mary keeps trying to calm her down and sends Kate out. She must quickly dodge into a closet, though, to avoid the Bridgerton boys coming down the hall. She's like, nope. It was a very nice that. closet, I gotta say. Yeah, it was. It was super nice. All the, like, looked like silver was in there. There's a lot of yeah, silver. Maybe some there. wine was back there. She could have popped a bottle and, like, calm her nerves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just start drinking, Kate. It's gonna be fine. Lady Bridgerton is asking Antony if this is all over and what happened with the, like, if this is because of the Sheffields. And he's like, no, we can, we figured that out. Antony leaves and Violet demands that Daphne tell her what's really going on because Daphne's got that like, oh fuck, deer in the headlights look like she knows what's going on. The queen, not happy. (laughs) Most people are not happy, but she is pissed. She reminds Lady Danbury that she's the one who brought the Sharmas to court and vouched for them. Like this is kind of a little scary because the queen has all of the power in this quote-unquote friendship but then you're also like Mm -hmm. charlotte don't piss off your one friend (laughs) (laughs) we really don't have that many and lady danbury is always there so she's certain that lady whistledown will blame her for this mess like how can you blame why do you even care if lady (laughs) whistledown blames you for a wedding that went wrong she orders that the guests be moved to the garden and that no one leaves Portia and Jack use the garden time to show off Prudence's necklace with the living statue people, which is very strange. And very strange. I was like, all right, Prudence. Portia was like, all into them, though. That. Or Prudence was. Prudence was all very into, into it. She was like, hey, what's up, naked dude? Love Prudence it. is a weird ass. Bitch. She's so strange. She's into so some weird. Shit. Oh, yeah. When she eventually gets married, she is definitely going to be. Oh, yeah. So then we have Antony going to see Edwina, probably not the best idea, but he really does have to, who wants to know the truth from his lips. He never states that he loves her, of course, because he does not, but that their roles align and they can make a partnership and a future together, which is fair, but that's not what Edwina wants. Not romance. Not romance in the least. 
he does not want her reputation to be tarnished and they can still salvage the situation which they could but she's like nah you need to leave so i can think things over which is smart yep Mm -hmm. yep okay she's like i can't even look at you like just leave yeah well she hasn't a lot of time to process either Mm -hmm. she's just like oh okay so then Mm -hmm. antony and kate run into each other and she defends her sister standing up for herself she tries to leave, but Anthony stops her and intense stare commences again. <laughs> once <laughs> again. Yeah, once again, we get the super intense staring. After a moment, though, she gets away. Violet and Lady Danbury meet up and confess what they now know and that they have no idea how to fix this, which is kind of something they find liberating. Like they've mm-hmm. had to be in control for so long and now they're just like, eh, oh well. They just collapse into laughter. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of cute. So then Kate goes back to Edwina, who obviously is still very angry. She's mad that Kate lied to her again. She's mad that Kate thinks so little of her that she needs this much protecting and can't make up her own mind. And Kate's like, I'm not ashamed of putting you first, but Edwina says it's not about her. And if she goes through this wedding, it'll be because she, Edwina, wants it. And it'll have nothing to do with Kate. And it's just kind of like, yes, yeah. go girl. Like, mm-hmm. fuck it. exactly what a wedding should be. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. All right. So we got to <laughs> Violet, Lady Danbury, Mary, and Edwina all are in this audience with the queen who the queen wants to know, like, are we doing this or what? Like, um, they all, they've all... Lady Danbury and Violet, at least, and Mary are all at least in agreement that it is ultimately comes down to Edwina's choice. None of them can force her to do this. And Edwina is about to tell the queen what she's thinking when the king comes in, Mad King George. And the queen is visibly embarrassed and incredibly saddened at the sight of him. He's all disheveled. He doesn't know what day it is. Um, and then he realizes he's like, oh, wait, it's a wedding. And he thinks it's, it's his wedding day. It's him and Charlotte's wedding day. And he, oh, she, isn't she just the most beautiful bride? And this was it's so tragic. Sad. It's so tragic. Sad. And no one's really sure like what to do. But Edwina steps up and she calms him down talking about mm-hmm. how much he and the queen love each other and they're going to they're going to have this beautiful wedding but he needs to go like calm down and get ready before the wedding which ultimately is what convinces him to go with his his footman caretakers. or his butler or his caretakers yeah. back to his apartments Ugh, so, sad. so sad outside penelope talks to colin again and she notices Eloise trying to sneak out again to see Theo. Dude, Eloise. Just... Calm your loins. <laughs> again, you're in the middle of your brother's wedding. Like... To be fair, she's a teenager. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Still. I mean, she doesn't have a car. So where is she supposed to be doing stuff, Anders? She has a driver. Yeah, she does have a, a carriage driver she can grab. Yeah, yeah, but she can't like fuck in her carriage. Sure she can. I mean, she probably could if she bribed him <laughs> enough, bribed the yeah. carriage driver. Y'all are nuts. Y'all are wild <laughs> as shit fucking in carriages out here. It's no different than when you, if you just slip the cabbie some extra, some extra money. Again, everybody slip into Anders' DMs. <laughs> anyway. extra cash. Anyway. <laughs> um, so 
Penelope is trying to stop Eloise, but Eloise is fucking determined. Mm-hmm. And she's she even says, like, I'm only telling you because we're such good friends and I don't want secrets between us. Mm. Ugh, make Penn feel more uncomfortable about lying for so long about such a big secret. Yep. Mm-hmm. So the Queen and Edwina have this nice little private conversation. And the Queen's like kind of trying to suss out what Edwina's gonna do. This is information that Edwina could use if she really wanted to. <laughs> she could get a lot out of this situation. Yeah. But Edwina's like, all I saw was two people who love each other so much that I will probably never be able to put it into words, even if I tried to anyone ever. It's so good. It's so good. And the Queen understands completely they start she starts kind of reflecting on the nature of love how it changes over time how it grows but she tells Edwina you got a choice to make Mm -hmm. a very important choice the most important choice so Edwina summons Kate and Antony to the altar very sneakily I loved that she's decided what she's going to do she's not going to marry Antony he will now never love her as much as he loves Kate ding 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 And Kate has given Edwina everything that Kate wanted, not what Edwina necessarily wanted, what Kate wanted, without ever truly asking Edwina what she wanted, besides love, because yes, she she does want that. Mm -hmm. She's going to find out what it is, because this isn't it. She's like, no, I am totally gone now. And she walks off, leaving them alone. Hilariously, all the wedding guests got to have cake, (laughs) (laughs) and they are now starting to leave. They got to like Uh, hang out with the peacocks. I was going to say, I hope Mr. Brooks was there. He got some cake. He's going to have some of the beautiful cake. They're all gossiping about what might be the reason that Edwina called it off. So at least Edwina's reputation is salvaged, kind of, because she called it off and Antony didn't. Mm -hmm. But yeah, heads are going to roll after this. Meanwhile, Eloise meets up with Theo at the print shop while the Queen's footman watches. Mm. He returns to the palace and tells the Queen he knows who Lady Whistledown. Bum, bum, bum. A little premature, the, my guy. A little bit. A little bit. He's a little quick off the mark. This amazing. In the chapel, Kate and Antony reflect on how they have failed, both Edwina and themselves. Kate knows they will have to face it once they leave. Like, she doesn't want to leave the chapel because they're going to have to face up to it. And Antony finally just goes for it and they kiss very passionately upon damn the marriage time. altar. <laughs> I... <laughs> I, I don't remember exactly what I did, but I know there was a gasp and a scream and I probably stood up mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure I looked like a crazy person when this happened because we had been waiting so You long. never. Episode no, six. <laughs> Episode six out of eight. Before they... shit. <laughs> before they finally made a move. Jesus. Man, a lot happened in these episodes, guys. A lot happens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So now let's take a deeper look specifically at some at the major characters and their relationships here, starting off with my guy, Antony. And dude, literally everyone around you is telling you how this isn't a good idea and they're giving you an out. Like everyone is like, you can get out of this. No matter what happens, you'll be fine. You're worried about Edwina, Mm -hmm. but- all you have to do is be honest with her. She'll call it off. And that makes everything fine. Her mm-hmm. reputation's intact. You're out of it. But of yep. course, 
Just like today, men of the Regency era would rather lie about everything and marry the younger sister of the woman they love, condemning all three of them to a life of misery than go to therapy. That's right. Yep. Mm-mm. Come on. Here at BGS, we stand therapy. Yes. All about that therapy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, that therapy. But of course, now he just never does it because he's put all of this pressure on himself. He is so obsessed with living up to this mythical legacy of his father and upholding the Bridgerton name. Mm-hmm. And he's like, my dad raised me to be a gentleman. Yeah, because this is so gentlemanly. This is just the most gentlemanly, chivalrous thing you could possibly do. And what he was doing with freaking Sienna was gentlemanly. Like, Well, she doesn't count because she was just an opera singer. Uh, exactly. That's true. That's true. She, she was she was a commoner. It doesn't matter. Need to be a gentleman. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, he had to learn those things that he can teach Kate, you know. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm not complaining about that one actually. <laughs> I mean, speaking of Anthony and Kate, at, at least they're openly discussing things now. They're like kind of being honest with each other. It's like making progress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and we finally got the kiss. We finally yes. got the goddamn kiss. Amen. If they had almost touched pinkies again, I would have screamed. <laughs> if we were in the church, we might as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then we have Antony and Edwina. And I mean, Edwina is like nervous the night before the wedding. Obviously, most people are. Like, mm-hmm. that's totally normal. But she's like, oh, I just so wish I could. I wish I could know if he truly loves me. And, I'm, and I remember watching that and being like, did did you not know that before like when you said yes to this like didn't you think you didn't you think you had the answer to this question right yeah you would hope but another young girl just being like swept up in the an ingenue she is the the ingenue she's so she's just so good in these episodes too i love how pissed she gets like yeah girl oh yeah you have every right to be mad about every situation because it's all happening to her and she had nothing to do with anything that happens to her. Like nothing. I felt so bad for her. Speaking of our girl, Edwina, she has got guts. Get after it, girl. Walking out in the middle of her wedding that the queen is throwing for her. Her quick thinking intact with the king. It's wonderful. It shows us that she's really capable of a lot, especially a lot more than her mother and her sister thought she Mm -hmm. was capable of Mm -hmm. Kate and Edwina I love the sisterly connection between them it is very sad when Edwina says like half sister like she's drawing the line here she really like I think and she knows those words have power so she's really pissed and she just wants Kate to kind of leave her alone so she says that it's like "Mm." but I do we do love that she doesn't give them that cliche of like you don't need to protect me she just basically removes Kate from the equation. She's like, no, you just don't need to be here anymore. It's her life. She's going to do what she wants to do, mm-hmm. which is good. Like, yeah, she doesn't need to be protected at all. But the dialogue here, I think, was so much more nuanced than a lot of these kind of sisterly relationships get. Very Austin, because she has a lot of sister relationships within her novels. And that you just feel their closeness and are much more sad that her and Kate are having a fight than you are about Anthony and Kate having an issue. I was much yeah, more- It's much more tragic. Yes, yeah. much more sad about this. And that their mother too is just like, I don't think I can deal with this anymore. <laughs> like fair, fair <laughs> well, lady. Perfect, because we're about to talk about their mother. Mm-hmm. So 
first we've got the relationship between Kate and Mary. Again, Mary is Kate's stepmom. And we get one of the few scenes that we've had so far with the two of them alone out in the garden. And they have a very sweet relationship. Mary, like hundred percent treats her like her daughter. She might not be picking up on what Kate's pretty obviously feeling, but she is dishing out exactly what Kate needs to hear. Um, That love can absolutely be worth the price if it's true. And when it is, there's no denying it. And Kate's like, fuck. (laughs) Oh no. That was like a really, that was a really interesting scene when she's, Kate's like, did you ever regret that decision Yeah. to to go away with my father? And Mary never actually says yes or no, but she does, she does talk about, yeah, it's a price, but love is worth price, is worth the price. Yeah, I don't think Mary regretted it. No, Um, No. especially how her parents were. Yeah, fuck her parents. We're going to get away from them. (laughs) Yeah. And so later on during that dinner with her parents, we get to see Mary be stronger in her defense of her choices. And she also Mm -hmm. very clearly states that Kate is her daughter as much as Edwina is. And that's it. Like her parents can like it or not, but like, this is how it is. Mm -hmm. So speaking of Mary and her parents, look, every family has their baggage, but holy fuck, like this is intense. During their conversation with Kate, Mary speaks of her father as Lord Sheffield instead of my father, showing that she doesn't really see herself as part of their family. Mm-hmm. And like, that makes sense because fucking Giles is a dick. dick. Yeah. Like, dick. fuck that guy. Uh, yeah. Why, Giles, why did you have to go and take on so many dickish villain roles? I know. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. For anyone who is not aware, obviously, Anthony, Anthony Stewart had uh, was Giles for many, many years on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And he is like, he's a beloved father figure (laughs) to Buffy, to Faith, (laughs) to Willow, all of them, to Xander. Uh, But then ever since he's just, he only plays villains. He was a doctor. He was a doctor who villain. He's a villain here. He's the asshole on Ted Lasso. God damn it. Mm -hmm. But at least he's an asshole with like opera tickets. It's true. No, he does have that. Yeah. Good on him. Now, as far as Mary's mother, the actress is Shobu Kapoor. Uh, I've seen her in a few things. Discovery of Witches, We Are Lady Parts, The Dark Tower, bunch of stuff. Uh, but personally, I will always remember her as Taj's mom in Van Wilder 2, The Rise of Taj. Highbrow. She, she is wonderful. I do love her as an actress. But I was like, why are you bad too? No. no. <laughs> I mean, I will say a lot of people will say that playing playing assholes, playing villains is usually more fun. Yes. Mm -hmm. So the look that she gave Lady Danbury and Violet when they were trying to distract her about the sauce was amazing. I was like, oh Oh, no, she's gonna go off. She is gonna go off. (laughs) I could never imagine going to someone's house and being that much of a dick. Right? Especially Lady Danbury. Like that that was just a terrible, terrible, (laughs) terrible dinner scene. Amazing to watch. Yeah. So At cringe to watch. Threw a Dundee, though. That's pretty good. <laughs> I just, ugh, I, I know everyone loves that episode of The Office. I, I can't watch that episode of The Office. It's so cringe that, that I just can't do episode. it. I can't so do it. My favorite one. I'm also, I'm not as big of an Office fan as a lot of people are. So, well, I'm, I'm the biggest. So, <laughs> so moving on to some other characters, Benedict again is just kind of there. Yeah. as he is for most of this season <laughs> um but yeah. you know at least one of the at least one of the main cast is getting some so good for him 
Tessa yeah. seems pretty cool. Yeah. She definitely seems knows great. what she's doing. Good so, job, Benedict. And good you job, look Benedict. great. Your ass looks fantastic. Like you're <laughs> you're working out, looking great. Next we have Portia, Slade <laughs> Featherington, amazing, and Jack. Sparks starting to fire here a little bit between the two. I mean, get after it, Portia. If you can get after it, go after it. I mean, have she's these, a cougar. She yeah, totally she's get a it. total cougar. She looks fantastic. I love her. Have these two finally like met their equal in each other? Maybe maybe or are they just that good at getting what they want manipulative so bitches. uncomfortable oh yeah Completely. i was just like oh god and i then, was like, like when the, no portia no ew. when the servant is like <laughs> i'm here <laughs> that yeah. was so oh god i hate like, it no just yeah yeah not here for jack jack is way too fucking shady like portia has her issues but she yeah, at Portia least is not unshady. No, she's uncomfortable. Shady. I, I just couldn't. Um, I was also uncomfortable with Penelope and Eloise. They've been like best mm-hmm. buddies. They've been like the feminist duo, and now it's just like, what is happening here? Mm-hmm. And I feel weird about it. I'm excited to see where they're going to take this next season. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, we'll talk about this at the end of the episode, but we don't really see. Penn and Eloise's friendship as much in the books mm. so it's really interesting how they're developing it here like I don't even think Penn is mentioned in Eloise's book wow really yeah they're best friends <laughs> yeah but I mean Eloise's book takes place away from Bridgerton house and from okay. like Mayfield Mayfair Mayfield where are they Mayfair whatever anyways it's like whatever whatever part of no not Aubrey Hall they're in London fancy London anyways um and then even in Penn's book um I don't know that Eloise is like super duper mentioned either so their friendship is really more for the show than for anything yeah it's a really interesting because especially here at the end of it with you know Eloise like I don't want us to have any secrets and that it's like that I mean friendships evolve right yeah. we, we all have those friends that we've had since we were very little but you know that things change you grow apart it happens mm-hmm. you're always kind of trying to hang on to it sometimes you still stay really close it's like Eloise still sees them as like these little close friends but she's got blinders on because yeah. she's so self-centered yeah <laughs> she, like, she can't see what Ben is saying directly to her face right and penelope is also like she started to grow not only is she carrying this big secret from eloise she's not used to standing up to eloise necessarily right like Mm -hmm. earlier in the season when she was like i would actually like to be at the ball like i am into the whole girly thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) even if i'm just going to be at the wallflower yeah so we see them just like starting to diverge in that sense which makes sense yeah I'm sure we'll have more to talk about on them next week. Oh, yes, sure. definitely. <laughs> All right. Moving into our next section, things to listen for. There were a lot in these episodes and a lot of the music cues were really, really good. This one I fucking loved when I heard it. I got so excited. And my mom, of course, was also like, what is this? I don't know what this is. <laughs> this is one of the ones I know. And I was like, mom, this is from like, uh, God, what? I was it's like, Jagged Little Pill. 
Jagged Little Pill. It's one of the very first CDs I ever bought myself and I listened to it nonstop and my mom hated it because she there were swear words in it and she's like, that's terrible. So the first one is You Ought to Know by Alanis Morissette. <laughs> Wonderful. This is in the montage leading up to and then the aftermath of Anthony and Kate's Forest Rendezvous. And another office reference because this is what Kevin sings at karaoke. <laughs> oh my gosh, the office is really feeding into this. These episodes. I know, I love it. This one also oh. though, it was the uh, this is the one that like it took me a minute to get because like I said, this is one of the ones I do know. I I, I do mm-hmm. actually know this song, but this mm-hmm. is might be one of the ones that is like the most changed from its uh, what's it called? Uh, its original form like I've I've actually been listening to this soundtrack for a little bit mm-hmm. the last few days it turns out that is the season two soundtrack is the perfect length of time for my drive when I have to go over to like White Plains for kickball or soccer or something like that it's like the exact right length of time there you go. and parts of the song are just like the entire rhythm is kind of different mm-hmm. so it's a little bit harder to recognize oh next up we have a song it is called Cabby Cushy Cabby Gum uh, this is played during the holiday ceremony. This is actually, it is the titular song from a 2001 film that is set in India um, and London. It involves, the movie involves two brothers, one of whom is adopted. So kind of a comp for Kate and Edwina. Um, that brother defies his parents, moves away to marry the woman he loves despite her lower status. So a nice little nod to marry. So it was just a nice way to kind of bring in kind of like a Bollywood type track into this Bridgerton pattern. Mm-hmm. Also, it was a good it's a good song i like it yes yeah and this it, song though. is probably the most used tiktok sound over any like bridgerton content too so hmm. just cool. note, note that i used it for my bridgerton post on tiktok as well <laughs> nice. um, next song Excellent. to listen to sign of the times by harry styles um very good that's used when edwina goes down the aisle um which is like a really fun pick mm-hmm. yeah yeah really good i love, love harry styles yeah. I had never heard it before. So really. I had heard it, but I couldn't remember who sang it. So it's like, this is very familiar. Not sure yeah. who sang it. This one I absolutely knew. What yes. about us by Pink at the end of episode six? So good. So so good. I love Pink. That's probably my favorite concert I've ever been to. Really? Oh, you got to see her in concert? That's amazing. I was actually gonna say she we don't talk about her enough. Like she's one of those artists that like anyone you anyone you mention her to will be like, oh yes, I love her. She's amazing, but she doesn't yeah. like generate the buzz. Right. At least not so much anymore. And yeah. when she first broke onto the scene, she did a lot she's more, so but good. she's still so good. Mm-hmm. She gets brought up a lot in the wilds, which I very much appreciated. <laughs> <She does. laughs> it's like, yes, go pink. <laughs> Oh, the wilds. We could do a BGS on the wilds, Colleen. <laughs> I don't know if Flo would want to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. All right. Uh, next up, it's time for best fit. So our favorite looks from these. Uh, I got to give it out to Lady Danbury and the Queen in the opening there with their matching reds. Like they had those very deep rubies. Everything just looked great. Real rubies. <laughs> yes, real rubies, not fake ones. I'm sure they were fake on the show. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, gotta give a shout out to Edwina's wedding dress. It was pretty simple and she looks great in it. So pretty. Looked even better on Kate, but that's, you know. Looked better on your floor. <laughs> it would. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. 
And freaking um, Edwina was like, do you think it's going to be too like fancy? Like, no. Yeah, well, it was the fine. most simple yeah. plain white dress and it was perfect for her. It was yeah. great. Mm -hmm. uh, we have the Sharmas. They have all the, they're all wearing the matching yellow the night before mm -hmm. the wedding during the holiday ceremony. Mm -hmm. I love that. Kate's made of honor gown was really I thought really nice. Again, I'll always give a shout out to Kate. Uh, again, the riding cloak is back this episode. Fucking love it. Mm -hmm. um, she's starting to wear some softer colors than a lot of things she's worn in previous episodes, which is kind of a sign that she's, you know, getting closer to fitting in with this London society. And also yeah. just generally that her hard exterior is softening, that she's getting a little bit more into the flow of things and is ready to open up a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know who else looked really good at the wedding, actually, that I noticed on my second rewatch? Pen. Like, Pen's dress looks really nice on yeah. this wedding. She's in the yellow, and it just, like, looks lovely. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, shout out actually, to Pen. At some point today, I was, like, just scrolling through, like, Yahoo News, and there was a, uh, there was a post about, like, everyone turning heads at uh, Nicola's latest, mm -hmm. like, um, mm -hmm. red carpet look. It was like a very much kind of like a Bridgerton inspired pink oh, dress. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. She looked great. Yes, we'll definitely. Have I to bet. Look at that. Okay, we're gonna move into things we want to discuss now. Mm -hmm. um, I'm gonna start it off with book versus show. So we mentioned this last week, but the engagement between Anthony and Edwina doesn't happen in the book. It's not a real thing. There is no deal with the Sheffields. So pretty much, this is all new. Mm -hmm. I. I understand why they made these additions. Mm -hmm. Anthony's book doesn't have a whole lot of plot. Um, <laughs> it's just like a lot of like Anthony's inner turmoil. It's it's like pretty just like normal romance novels stuff. Um, so I understand why they needed to like inject some stuff to add drama for an eight episode show. Mm -hmm. I don't hate it. I just wish they hadn't really pit the sisters against each other like this. I feel like that's pretty overused. Um, and I loved the parts about Antony's turmoil over his dad's death, about like how he feels about love. Mm -hmm. um, I, I could have done like a couple episodes on that, to be honest. Like I would have loved more like flashback episodes of like super young Antony and like young Violet, young Edmund. Like that would have been really fun to see like when all of them the very only kid yeah yeah mm -hmm. so that would have been cool that would have been really really fun and maybe they'll do that in future seasons although i don't really see why because nobody has as much inner turmoil as um our friend anthony yeah so yeah i don't know i i do love the like added aspect of them being indian i think that's like a super great addition i love all of that so i know anders is about to talk about the halty ceremony but that was a yes. fabulous addition that is a great addition so we've mentioned it a few times this holiday ceremony so this is one of the many ceremonies that are part of a traditional indian wedding like mm -hmm. if you've never been to one or don't really know anyone who's been to one a full-on indian wedding lasts for like several days and it mm -hmm. is several hours every single day <laughs> but they feed you the entire time so so you know it's all good uh so this is a ceremonial bath traditionally done the morning of an Indian wedding. Uh, the bride and groom are bathed with turmeric, uh, aka haldi, and different oils and water by all of the present married women. Um, India is not unique in this type of a thing. There are a lot of cultures that have similar traditions of like a ceremonial bath on one's wedding day. 
kind of in order to bring good luck. I think Judaism has something like this as well. Yes, you're supposed to bathe in the mikvah um, before your wedding. I did not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, kind of like Kate's tea comments that she made earlier this season, it's just one way that the show creators are able to bring in bits of other cultures into the show pretty seamlessly just by having the Sharmas be of Indian descent and not totally ignoring that fact. Yeah, because um, in the books, like the Bridgerton's so white. Like everybody's white. Everybody's it's, it's, white. All, it's all white. It's like Wonder Bread toast. Yeah, and it's really kind of cool that they don't they don't spend any time explaining this ritual, but you get exactly what it's all yes. about. It's no, these three women who love each other and just want to hold on to their traditions and yeah. connect on this very, very important night. Yeah. And it was, it was really, really sweet. Like when um, Edwina like reaches out and puts the, puts the powder on Kate's face. Oh, <laughs> oh my heart. Yeah, it was very cute. <laughs> my heart. It was so, so good. Oh my gosh. Next, we talked about this a little bit, but Anthony falling in the lake is a direct reference to Colin Firth in Pride and Prejudice. Uh, Colin Firth emerges rather spectacularly <laughs> from, <laughs> from his lake. And he's not mad when he emerges from his. Antony is kind of like pissed off and like, I embarrassed myself. Whereas Darcy is on his own damn property and can do whatever he wants in his own damn lake. (laughs) He struts out and he's like, I know I look good, friends. I mean, fair. You've got to flaunt it. You're wearing your floofy shirt. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. That's the role that uh, made him a heartthrob. (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. He was actually dating Jennifer L, who played Elizabeth. In that series, and that oh, was really? a huge, big deal when that BBC series was airing, was that they were dating. Wait, can oh, I damn. tell you my favorite Colin Firth movie? Yes. I have a feeling I know what it is. Do you? Wait, what do you think it is? I think it's the one where he's the dad and Amanda Bynes goes Oh my god, I did know what it is! Yes, Colin <laughs> Firth in What a Girl Wants, Amanda Bynes, classic movie from the early 2000s. If you have not watched it recently, definitely go watch it. The guy in it is so, not Colin Firth, who's also very hot, but the guy who Amanda Bynes dates is so hot. I had a poster of him in my locker in sixth grade. Oh my. <laughs> That's all. I'm so glad I got that. <laughs> I'm very impressed, honestly. He's the reason that my sister really loves the Kingsman movies. <laughs> oh, okay. That's fair. That's he is really sexy in those movies. I should He's watch like- he did most of his own stunts like during that church fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did all yeah. of his own stunts in What a Girl Wants too. <laughs> Put on leather pants. That's right. All right. So moving on, let's talk. I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, Lord and Lady Featherington's scheme with trying to get these investors with the fake jewels. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not a completely unique idea. I mean, obviously pyramid schemes and investor schemes have been around for a while, but the one this reminded me of is in fact the Great Diamond Hoax of 1872. Uh, this is something that I learned about from an episode of the Dollop podcast, which if you have never listened to that, please go do this. Mm-hmm. It's fucking hysterical. Why am I just finding out now that you're into the Dollop? Because that was the first podcast I ever listened to. And I, I fucking love the Dollop. Have you it's listened so to this one? The Diamond I have, Hoax? Uh, I think I have. I fucking Man. love this one. Shout I saw them live the in New York Dollop. once. Okay. First of all, this is the first thing we've ever agreed on, Anders. I know. Take a shot or something. Um, amazing. Okay, we're going to have to talk about the dollop later, but definitely go check out the dollop. 
Yes, um, but in short, the story here about the Great Diamond Hoax, these two grifters from Kentucky managed to convince a hell of a lot of, invest of investors that they had found this big payload of diamonds and jewels out in Arkansas during kind of the gold rush, the, the jewel rush of that time period. Um, now, they didn't use counterfeits like Lord Featherington did. Supposedly, what they actually did was one of them would take some of the investor money, like go overseas to London, buy jewels, come back and like plant them out in this like field for the so that when the investors would come for like proof that there is actually something out here, they would find jewels. Um, and they had this going like this was a huge scheme. They had like major politicians as investors. They had a lot of very wealthy people people that had this scheme find, come to full fruition and then like they got out and it would bottom out. Um, they could have like shorted the entire US economy. <laughs> with major, major devastating consequences. What wow. undid them was there was a landscape surveyor was like on a train coming back from Arkansas and heard some people talking about this, like this huge diamond mine field area. And he's like, I just spent the last year surveying that exact area and I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Uh oh. And then he, they keep, these people keep talking and, and he's like, so let me get this straight. You go out in the middle of the field, you start digging around and you just find like a clump of diamonds. And it's like always like five diamonds and an emerald. And then you go a little bit farther and you find like five diamonds and an emerald. You know, that's not how it works, right? They didn't. <laughs> and th that is how the, that was the beginning of the end of this scheme. And thankfully it was dismantled. Again, go listen to the dollop on it. Look, do some research on it. It's a great story. Well, it's a hilarious story. Oh, man, people get like away with so much shady shit. Away with so much shit. That's insanity. Uh, next we got, uh, this is so sad, the king. We do get a similar scene of him in season one with Charlotte. Uh, is it good for them to keep reminding us of him and why this is called the Regency era? Because between Charlotte and their oldest son, they were the regents during the time. I think it's interesting that they show how the king would have been behaving at this time because it humanizes him. And it humanizes Charlotte, who can come off as haughty, and untouchable, unknowable. But in these scenes, she gets to be emotional and a wife and just mm -hmm. devastatingly sad about what has happened to her husband and how she is the one kind of taking the mantle of his responsibility. And it's just, she's an incredible woman. Like get after it. She had like what, 16 kids with him? So many damn kids. Yes, yeah, so I think many. 15, yeah. So many kids. And she's just out there being a boss, taking care of shit. Planning fireworks. Planning the fireworks, amazing, love it. I do also like that King George was the chief antagonist during the American Revolution. So like <laughs> American audiences are watching this and they're like, this is the same dude? Like, yeah, he was the main villain in the start of our country, but yeah, you see him here and you're like, ooh, yeah. not so great. Especially when you find out that he was basically made this way because of bad medicine mm -hmm. and bad moves by his physician. Like he had a predisposition towards going mad but the medications they gave him were not helping whatsoever it's sad it's so it's it's very sad what happened to him and he died fairly young for a king at that time not as young as old victoria's enough, old, husband old, but old enough to father 15 kids yes was he was say. old enough to have 15 kids his <laughs> was a very slow agonizing death yeah 
So this, I think it's good to show him that he's still there because otherwise Charlotte would come off as way too mean and crass at times, especially when that scene with Lady Danbury where she's like, holy shit, she's terrifying. That one actually, that scene kind of started to remind me of watching um, like King Henry on the Tudors. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like they can How quickly you. he can turn they on can you. turn, yes. So scary. Except I don't think Charlotte's going to behead Lady Flo's Danbury. Flo's not thinking but... about that part of the Tudors. No, I'm thinking about <laughs> Henry Cavill's one, ass. Shirtless. <laughs> oh, sir. Everybody looks so good on that show. Oh my God, that is oh. the hottest show. Mm-hmm. This also gave us a really great showcase for Edwina, which was nice. We got to see her use her training, basically, know how to behave in a situation. And this is who she really is. She's able to perform, but she also means it. Like she yeah. feels so deeply for them as a couple and can just, she's very empathetic, which I think a lot of the characters kind of are missing. A lot of the Bridgertons, not necessarily the most em- empathetic people. Nope. But Edwina definitely is. It's a nice like follow up on that scene um, with Penn and her dress. Yeah, she's like, "No, I'm really sincere <laughs> about mm-hmm. everything I'm saying." Mm-hmm. And he wore it well. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna move into the latest from Lady Whistledown, guys. This is a big week uh, at the time of this recording for Bridgerton in the news. There have been a few news pieces featuring the show recently major news about upcoming seasons but Colleen you want to kick us off with some of this yes okay so on the Featheringtons Insider had an article this week highlighting one of the main struggles for the family this season even to this day titles are always passed down via the mail line fucking ridiculous for current dukes marquesses barons viscounts earls the title always passes to the next male skipping over the females in line like it's fucking 2022 come on Seriously, the royals have figured out how to do it. We're yeah. still fucking dealing with this bullshit. Like there are ways for women to inherit a title, but it can it, like it can come from the mother. I think if she has her own title. And yeah, we think like we think could, like yeah. um, and if she, has she has it by her own right. Like she's not married into the family. Right. So if the mother is like officially granted a barony, so she be, she is granted the title of baroness or something like on it. Again, going back to the Tudors, the one time I can think of like actually seeing, hearing something like this was when um, uh, Anne Boleyn it becomes the Marquess of Pembroke, mm-hmm. kind of right before she marries the king. So that is the title granted to her that she theoretically could pass down to Elizabeth. To Elizabeth. Um, that makes sense. But yeah. yeah, if it is a a father cannot to this day pass the title on to his daughters. This is, of course, also the basically the inciting incident for Downton Abbey. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That, mm. <laughs> and a lot of Game of Thrones problems. And a lot of Game of Thrones. <laughs> I did see something once actually on Game of Thrones that someone actually like did the math and found out that Cersei would technically be the next in line if you follow it down far enough, like to the end of the males. When there mm-hmm. are none left, it circles back up and it actually would be her. That's so funny. But too bad she got crushed under rubble, so (laughs) (laughs) can't do it. Okay, let's talk about something super exciting. You guys Mm -hmm. know Francesca is one of my favorite books, and she's been done dirty in these two seasons, but we got news about Francesca's season three recasting. So news broke this week that we will soon have a new Francesca. Ruby Stokes is leaving the series to be in another Netflix series, Lockwood & Co., 
So Hannah Dodd is taking over the role in season three. No animosity or negative feelings there. Just taking the chance to be a lead elsewhere. Makes sense, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I don't think a lot of viewers are going to notice. We've gotten like one second of Francesca. Yeah. So Hannah Dodd, I hope you are ready for some hot ass Scottish sex. <laughs> that's what you're going to be getting. Well, that's if they go that far. Because yeah, up until now, like the younger siblings have basically been set dressing. Like they haven't yeah. had anything to do. Yeah. If they don't do Francesca's story, though, I will storm the Netflix building. All right. They might do Francesca and Benedict combined. Maybe. I think they will. Yeah, they're going to have to combine. Could be. Because they are skipping Benedict for now. We got news this week. It has been confirmed. Season three is going to be focused on Penelope and Colin. Makes sense. Yeah, it, it Benedict would be next in the book order. This would be number, and uh, Penn and Colin are number four, but they're going to do this. And I think this makes total sense. Like new show, there's a new show showrunner for season three, Jess Brunel taking over for Chris Van Dusen. Uh, and just said, it feels like the right time for them to do that. And I completely agree. Like yeah. we've been kind of investing in this Colin Penelope for two seasons already. And I don't know how much longer they can tease it out without finally just making something happen. Um, so it just feels like they're right up on the line. It's time to cross it. It's time to make this happen. Well, and also I think what's going to happen here, and this is just conjecture, but I think they're going to bring Marina in again because she's been such a thing in Colin's life. And I think that's how they're going to tie Eloise's story in later. Um, they just, they kind of needed a bridge story. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. makes sense. Yep. Uh, and some other just generally nerdy news that a uh, mm-hmm. couple things broke this week that I think are somewhat relevant to our discussion here. Uh, <laughs> we mentioned a couple episodes ago, Simone Ashley is not coming back for the next season of Sex Education, presumably due to her commitments to Bridgerton season three and anything else she's got. Um, uh, well, Sex Education is also losing, potentially losing another crucial cast member, uh, Shuti Gatwa, who has been chosen as the next Doctor Who, taking over the role from Jodie Whittaker when she leaves. He's done some incredible work on sex education. Eric's an amazing character. He's so good. Again, if you haven't watched Sex Education, watch it. Um, What Shuti has done has been amazing. So depressed about him leaving sex education, excited for the new Doctor Who, Mm -hmm. but coming full circle uh, on some other relevance to this show. Also, Jonathan Bailey has been on Doctor Who before. He was in an episode of The Time Heist. Great episode from the Capaldi era. But if you listen to our recent episode on our favorite female characters in fandom, you will know my absolute love for Catherine Tate's Donna Noble. Well, more news has broken that Tate and David Tennant are returning for the upcoming 60th anniversary season of Doctor Who. And I just couldn't not mention this. This is like some of those fantastic news. I saw that and I was like, Anders is very happy right now. No, you specifically, you saw me tweet about that, liked it, and then texted me being like, so did you see that? (laughs) Well, I had seen it earlier and I was like, oh, I wonder if Anders saw that. And I forgot to text you. And then I saw your tweet and I'm like, oh, shit. You guys are cute. Yeah, veins inject that right here. <laughs> Give me and some of the Dr. Adana. So oh, and I love him. I love David Tennant. Like anything he does, he's just spectacular. We love you. Whew. All right, you guys, we're going to wrap this one up for this week. Thank you for being with us. Come back next time for more shenanigans with the BGS ton as we wrap up our coverage for Bridgerton season two. Feels like it went really fast, but it is a shorter season. Oh, so much fun. I love, love these crazy Bridgertons. <laughs> They're so much fun. 
You can enjoy us in our podcast or on YouTube. Either way, smash that subscribe button or leave us those five star reviews. Check out our website at Bohemian. Yeah, the diamonds. Give us all the diamonds. (laughs) No fake rubies. No fake rubies. (laughs) We want all the diamonds. Check us out at our website at bohemiangeekstudies.com where you can watch all of our episodes, enjoy my book corner where I review Star Wars literature, and contact us through email and social media. As always, please keep telling other nerdy knights to join us. It really does help. Until next time, though, keep those bracelets on, you know, being a gentleman and all. And keep those episodes streaming. Bye, guys. Bye, Bye, everybody.